Hello, this is Pastor Luke, and you are listening to the Living Hope Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon. Our mission is to grow disciples and multiply churches who will glorify God and transform communities. For more information about our church, please visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the poets and artists and musicians among us who are able to take such uh, wonderful concepts and ideas about you and express them in concise, articulate ways that carry so much meaning. Lord, this morning as we continue uh, in worship and in study that uh, by your word and by your Holy Spirit that we would draw closer to you and that in all these things that you would be glorified. We love you, Jesus, in your name. Amen. Deuteronomy uh, chapter 4, starting in verse 7, or, or sorry, Deuteronomy 6, starting in verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk. There's not a comma in there, but I'm, I'm, I'm pausing for effect. You shall talk. And then there are four different ways that that is kind of unpacked or examples are, are, are given. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. I find it um, amazing or amusing or interesting or something um, when a group of people literally does like thousands of hours of research um, only to tell you and to conclude that you know you should talk about scripture when you sit in your house. That's a really good idea and it works really well. Um, you know, and they have all this like data now to back it up uh, for a phrase that, that we have in here. So we're, we're on a sermon series called Challenge Accepted. And what we're doing is for the first half of the year, each month, we're, we have a different challenge or a different theme that we're emphasizing. And these are really all geared towards um, personal uh, spiritual development, right? And so, for instance, like the first, you know, January was fasting, um, and then we uh, talked about um, prayers in your household or, or messy prayers, um, and now we're, uh, now we're on loud tables. We're going to talk about that here in, in just a second. And, um, but as we're going through this, there's a, there were um, a couple different, they're books, but they're, they're really books based on like research and studies that they did, and so they have all this, all this background behind them. But what they, in both of them, what they said is, hey, in regards to personal spiritual development, like here are some key ideas or some key steps or some key themes that we found are really important. And so we're using that as a bit of a guide to say, okay, if that's really important, let's talk about that. And if that's really important, then let's talk about that and see what scripture has to say about it and then unpacking that. And so one of them, uh, one of the books, a book called Spiritually Vibrant Home, and again, what they did was they looked for, okay, first they worked to identify what does a spiritually vibrant home look like? And then they identified thousands of these spiritually vibrant homes and then did 
hours of surveys and looked for similarities between spiritually vibrant homes. They found three. The first one was the, the messy prayers that we talked about last month. The second one that they found is loud tables. And by loud tables, what we really mean is that it's spiritual conversations. But what you will see as we unpack this is that the dinner table is probably, well, actually, I mean, according to this, it is the, the, the best tool that you have available to you in creating a home culture of healthy spiritual conversations. Like, if you were to say, like, what's the thing that I put in my home to help us grow spiritually, it's not the artwork, and it's not the paint color, it's the dinner table. The goal in all of this is for you and your household to grow um, personally, to grow spiritually. My desire is that for each person, each household, growing closer to Christ, right? You are more uh, secure in your identity as a child of God. The, the fruits of the Holy Spirit are evident, love, joy, and peace, and patience. Um, you understand and express your, your unique spiritual gifting. You love God more. You love his church more. And even though the world is broken and, and hurting, you grow in, in your love for a broken and hurting world. Um, it's also interesting, too, that as we focus on this, the focus is on you and your spiritual growth, right? Like, this is not a theme that's focusing on, on outreach or social justice or these kinds of things. This is a, a theme focusing in on you and your household and spiritual growth within that setting. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. The goal is love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your strength and all your might. And when it comes to family, the best way to pass that on to our kids is to talk about it. It's one of the best ways. When you're sitting, when you're out and about, when you're going throughout your day, when you're getting ready for bed, and when you're getting ready up in, in the morning. Um, in Jewish custom, this section of scripture was part of something called the Shema, uh, or, or uh, yeah, Shema. Um, to this day, this is very popular. Um, Jews around the world continue to memorize and recite this. Um, in Jewish Orthodox home, boys are actually required to memorize this as soon as they can talk. So on a global level, this is one of the most famous um, pieces of scripture there, like if you incorporate Jewish communities as, as well too. And it's amazing because in its subtle way, it gives a blueprint or a strategy on how to raise kids who love and worship Jesus. And it's been fascinating then to look at this research because, one, the research supports the scripture, but secondly, it also kind of goes like a level deeper on kind of some nitty-gritty details on how we flesh this out. Like, what does this practically look like? Okay, so if we're going to talk when we sit, what are a few more things that help us be successful in that, right? It kind of gives us a another layer of, of detail. Not all of their findings were positive um, in, in their research. Um, so we'll start here with some bad news. They surveyed self-identifying Christians. 
Now that right there is a pretty broad group, right? Because if you have a self-identifying Christian, that's everything from like fully devoted, loving Jesus follower to, you know, it's like, well, I like my grandma was a Christian, so I guess I'm a Christian and I went to Easter like four years ago. So does that qualify, right? Like self-identifying Christians is a pretty broad category, right? And I say that as a bit, a bit of a disclaimer for what I'm about to tell you, because it's not good news, okay? So they surveyed self-identifying Christians, and they said, how often do you have a spiritual conversation? And they were very generous with spiritual conversation, right? Like, it was like you, you talk about anything spiritual. You talk about the sermon. You, like, like anything at all, how often do you have any kind of spiritual conversation? I mean, it was just as, as open as they could make it. Three-quarters of them said less than ten times per year. So in North America, our self-identifying Christians are having any kind of spiritual conversation once every five to six weeks. And I have a really, really hard time believing that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior who you have committed your life to and that he has committed or he has somehow changed your life and yet you remain, he is, he is of so little value to you that you talk about him like once every five to six weeks. I just, I have a really hard time believing that if God means so little to you that you're only going to speak of him once every five to six weeks that, that you're a Christian. Like, for me, that just calls all kinds of things into question about your label of self-identifying Christian. The definition that they used uh, for spiritually vibrant home was to talk about God and faith at least weekly. Again, not super stringent, but you got to draw the line somewhere, okay? So for families that, that talk about God or faith at least weekly, a couple findings. One... Households that engage in spiritual conversations tend to do a lot together. And, and we talked about this last time we did this, right? Um, but it, it, it continues to hold true, and it's fascinating. So they had all these different categories. Uh, eat dinner together, play or watch a movie together, play games, work on the house, right? Like they had like 20 different categories. How often do you do that together as a family? People who have spiritual, regular spiritual conversations ranked higher in every single category every single category. Families who are engaging in regular spiritual conversations are just doing everything else more as a family as well, too. Um, just every, yeah, they just, they, they won all of it. And, and again, like cause and effect and which one leads to which, not sure they didn't go there, but, but the correlation just being very strong. Part of your success in, in creating a spiritual family Maybe you need to do more activities together. Um, maybe that's part of it and just being intentional about incorporating some spiritual conversations. But such a strong correlation there. This next one, that, um, and this will make a lot of sense when you hear it, which is what we've talked about. So one, households that engage in spiritual conversations tend to do a lot together. Uh, finding number two, many conversations happen around a table, most notably the dinner table. 
the most common group activity for a spiritually vibrant home is dinner together. And it beats out everything by leaps and bounds. Um, even breakfast, right? Like it triples like doing breakfast together. But just like every, every other area. So the most common activity is doing supper together or, you know, ha- or gathering around the dinner table. What I also find so fascinating, though, is that the dinner table is, is the, like not only is it the most common activity, but it's the most conducive to conversation. Right? Like, like when you gather around and, and you talk, like there there's, tends to be no distraction. Um, conversation requires a bit of focus, so we don't have other things going on. Good conversation takes a little while to get the momentum going. The dinner table creates that environment. Right? The, the um, I don't know, like providential, <laughs> like that the thing that we do the most is the best setting for our spiritual conversations. Thank you, Jesus. That makes it a lot easier, right? Like we're not having to, to work upstream on this one. Also, very interesting, um, eating out also got really high marks, okay? So if you do go out to eat, you're not cheating, that works too. Um, and even for, because I was thinking about this, right? Because some of us got kids and there's lots of activities. And so more and more we're doing supper, not at the home dinner table, but at the concession stand. And... But according to this, if you're intentional about it, even supper at the concession stand can work if you're intentional and strategic about it. Okay? No lost points for walking tacos for everybody. If you want to create better conversations, deeper conversations, spiritual conversations, the dinner table is is a gift to you. Um, And that's actually then where they got the name Loud Tables. Um, a few things I would add on that I, I think are, are helpful. Um, critical that devices and screens not be present, right? No phones, no TVs, we're not watching movies in the background, we're engaging in conversation. Secondly, everyone is sitting, we're not kind of walking around, you know, roaming throughout the house. We're seated, we're facing each other. Um, and then also just a game plan, right? Mom and dad, like, what's the game plan? I don't care who came up with the game plan. I don't care who executes the game plan. Just make sure that you're on the same page and you got some kind of game plan going into this. Households that engage in spiritual conversations tend to do a lot together. Many conversations happen around a table. Spiritual friendships are important. First and primary friendship is the spouse. But beyond that, close friendships are critically important to, to, to all of this. Um, the it, it, it it's it's really pr- actually crucial to have those relationships outside the house uh i had like two pages of stuff written up on spiritual conversations and cut it for time um s- spiritual friendships good friendships spiritual conversations all right sometimes they just happen and that's great and those are fun and you meet someone and it just flows and it's wonderful. That is fantastic. However, more and more, what I am observing and what am I is finding is that really it's something that you just decide to do beforehand and step into it and make it happen. Um, one of the things that we have experienced but also learned from, uh, from a lot of other people who have moved around a lot, the especially when you're the new person either in a community 
um, whether that's like you're the new person coming to a church or the new person at school or you've actually just moved into town. Just assume that it's on you to initiate those friendships and, and those relationships. Um, it's when we just kind of sit around hoping that the phone will ring, that we get disappointed and frustrated and stuff tends to not happen. Regardless of where you are at in life, assume that it is on you to initiate. And it's okay and it works to just decide, you know what, let's just pursue this. And we've had people where we've just almost like cold called them and be like, you want to hang out? You want to be friends? You know, and like it worked. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just, just always assume that it's on you to initiate. Households that engage in spiritual conversations tend to do a lot together. Many conversations happen around a table. Spiritual uh, friendships are important. Spiritual coaching helps. You and I need coaching to, to get good at this. And this um, kind of confirmed one of those things where, where you, I think this is going on. Um, I think that when it comes to having spiritual conversations in the home, just as a pe people and as a culture and North Americans, I, I think that we actually have a pretty significant hurdle on this that maybe we're not aware of or, or, or talking about. My suspicion is that I think very few people have actually witnessed or experienced firsthand what it looks like to have a healthy spiritual conversation in the home. I think that is far more prevalent than we realize. What happens then is that when we create an expectation without any kind of teaching or coaching or mentoring or helping along the way. And it, it's, it's super intimidating and it's also unfair, right? And we don't like, we don't do this with anything else, right? It's not like, oh, you're from the city? Here's a tractor, plant something. We expect a good harvest, right? Like we don't, like, come on. Like that would be, that would be silly and we would recognize that. And I think when we have people who have not grown up in an environment where they saw, witnessed, or experienced good spiritual conversation to just kind of rag on them and say, okay, go have a great spiritual conversation and we expect high degrees of success within the next week or two, it's really kind of unfair. Um, and it's an intimidating thing to, to, to stumble into. Nobody is going to get better at this without learning from somebody else. Now, we can learn from other people in books. We can learn from other people through podcasts and, and videos and that kind of thing, small groups at church, that kind of deal. But you're going to need to learn from other people on how to do this to do this well. Because um, I, I just I don't think that we're near so good as we think we are. Here's our last finding. Um, households that engage in spiritual conversations tend to do a lot together. Uh, many conversations happen around the table. Spiritual friendships are important. Spiritual coaching helps. Last one, some people struggle with these conversations. They addressed uh, different generations. So, I'm going to stereotype here. Hang with me. It's, it's okay. Um, because you're going to fit into one of these categories. Uh, but when they surveyed all these people, baby boomers... If you were born between 1946 and 1964, 
you don't have to raise your hand, you probably know who you are, baby boomer, boomers have the hardest time, or perhaps I should say are the least likely to talk about delicate subject matters. And my guess is that that was growing up in an area where the culture was very much like, don't talk about it. Like, we just don't talk about it, okay? Millennials, people that were born between 1984 and 1998, are actually the most likely to talk about sensitive subject matters. I don't know why, but they are. This is easier for them. Um, so there's that. Now, the other thing, though, that's interesting on spiritual conversations is that grandmas and grandpas are knocking it out of the park. Right? So within that, that family home, and when grandmas and grandpas are dealing with their own grandkids, they're doing great at initiating and having spiritual conversations. And, um, I mean, according to, to the one, are actually kind of leading the way, even more so than mom and dad. Like, grandmas and grandpas are just doing an awesome job. So, grandmas and grandpas, if you get that title, good job, keep at it, go after it. Um, but it's probably harder for you to talk about other sensitive subject matters. The other one then was on dads. Um, and this was interesting. They, uh, they write this. Although the biblical narrative suggests that both parents are to bring up children in the fear of the Lord, the reality revealed mothers consistently exceed fathers in instilling children with the values and the discipline of the faith. Mothers pray more with their children, talk about God in the Bible, and questions of faith more with their children. So, first of all, good job, moms. That's awesome. Like, good job. Dads, apparently we have some work to do. Um, there was another fascinating book called His Brain, Her Brain, where a Christian couple, he's a medical doctor, they looked at all these uh, medical studies talking about how the brain is built and, and developed. Um, the brain is not uh, gender neutral. The brain is actually very gender specific and it happens before you're even born. And it was fascinating because they talked literally about how the structure of the brain is like it is built differently in men and women, giving each one of them strengths and abilities and that kind of thing. Um, when, it, when it, uh, the verbal processing centers in women are on both sides of the brain. So when they talk or when they listen, both sides of the brain fire. In men, it is left hemisphere only. Uh, and then there was some kind of some interesting other stuff. So like uh, if a man or a woman experiences a stroke, right? Like so if a man experiences a stroke on the right side of the brain, it will not affect his speech um, and that kind of thing. So there were all these kinds of things that they were, that they were unpacking. Um, and in a women's brain, the verbal processing center also has a direct neural link to like the emotions and where emotions are processed. So it's very easy for that to happen. In men, they're like not connected at all. Like I don't like I don't I don't know what path that has to take, like down the hallway and around the corner or something like that. But the verbal processing and the emotional processing are separate sections, and that is why when you ask a guy to process his emotions, like I mean it it's like throwing the vehicle in the park, like just as you're driving down the road, like it just stops, you know? Um, so I, I share that to say that men, you are wired differently, but that doesn't necessarily create an excuse for not having good spiritual conversations. It does mean, though, that mom and dad will have very different spiritual conversations with the kids. And when mom and dad lead on 
having spiritual conversations with the kids, they're probably going to look a lot different. And the book was fascinating because it even talked about mom and dad will read children's bedtime stories differently um, and that you need a little bit of both. So anyways, we're built different and you're going to think different and you're going to do a spiritual conversation different and you're going to need a lot of grace with one another because when the other spouse is leading, it's going to look totally different than when you would lead. But to have grace with one another. But in all of this, though, I think that is why it is so helpful to at least have a game plan going into it. What are we going to do? You know, who's going to lead? You can lead in your way for this time. That kind of thing. A few ideas. Everyone is going to be at, at a different place on spiritual conversations within the home. So the question then is, what do you need to kind of take this to the next level? Like, how do you, when, when, you know, when Scripture talks about talk, when you sit, when you go out, when you lie down, when you rise, like getting very functional for Monday morning here, some practical ideas for how to take this to the next level. Number one is the dinner table. You've got to strategize around that dinner table and be intentional about that time together. That is a gift to you. Leverage that as best you can. That's, that's the first one. Some other ideas. And you'll, it's, there's, yeah, wonderful correlations. Um, windshield time. Uh, when you're driving with a car and someone, that, driving in the car, that is a fantastic time. You have a captive audience. It's a great time for intentional spiritual conversations. A word of encouragement to one another, but perhaps something with a little bit of depth. Uh, weekly check-ins. I mean, we do this with our small group. What's been a high point? What's been a low point? What's something that you're looking forward to tomorrow? Um, small groups themselves are a fantastic place to practice, exercise, develop, engage in spiritual conversations. Like, be plugging into a small group. Fantastic space for that. Um, reading scripture at mealtimes is another one that, that works. Um, we've talked to, or I've shared sometimes, we'll do like a proverb of the day at mealtimes. Uh, you can talk about the sermon today over lunch. I give you permission to do that or other sermons. That's okay. Go easy on the pastor, but talk about the content. Um, asking each other, how can I pray for you? That's another one. Um, even pre-made conversation starters get to know you questions. They write, they got books and websites on all of this kind of stuff. Um, parents, for you to go on a date, get away, just the two of you. You will have a different spiritual conversation, just the two of you, than when the kids are present, right? So um, carve out some time for that. Writing out stuff, letters, uh, maybe text messages, that kind of thing. When we communicate in a, in a written format, it tends to slow down the thinking and we, we can write more thoughtful and more in-depth than if we're just engaging in a verbal conversation. So writing things out for a spiritual conversation like a letter or that kind of thing is going to include, like, like there's just a, a power to that that, that won't happen in, in the verbal. Capitalizing on teachable moments, like not everything has to be a very long, in-depth, 30-minute whatever, like just brief moments 
can be incredibly helpful in all of this. Um, choosing to be vulnerable, choosing to go first in being vulnerable, um, asking questions. They're like, some people are not good at asking questions. Some people are amazing at asking questions. Those are the fun people to be with. But learn the art of asking a question um, and asking questions of each other. And then small groups, mentioned that before. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Here's the goal. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. These words that I command you today shall be on your heart. Here's the command. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk. And then here's the strategy. When you sit, when you walk, when you lie down, and when you rise. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it's a delight to unpack Scripture um, and see oh, just how so much um, supports Scripture and how Scripture leads us and guides us in what success looks like. Lord, I pray for every family here, every person here, whatever household they're in. Lord, that it would be a household of loud tables, full of healthy conversation, intermingled with spiritual conversation that talks about you and faith, and that in all these things that we would grow closer to you, that we would love you more, love you with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind. God, for those of us who have children, that we would teach them well. And thank you for the strategy that you give us in Deuteronomy, the game plan. And we want to be faithful in that. Lord, I ask your blessing, your protection upon this group. We worship you and we love you. In your name, amen. Thanks so much for listening to this week's sermon. We hope you were enriched and encouraged. If you have any questions about Christ or church or would like more information, visit our website at livinghopehenderson.com or email me directly at luke at livinghopehenderson.com. We hope you have a fantastic week. Take care and God bless.